Welcome to Bruise Rock, your ultimate backstage pass to the captivating tales behind your beloved brews. Get ready for an immersive journey into the craft brewing universe every Friday, where we'll uncover the secrets and inspire you to be part of this extraordinary community. We're mixing things up today from craft beer to craft cocktails with our friends Andy and Larry, the masterminds behind Charlotte's newest cocktail bar, Humbug. Not just a bar, it's a passion-driven, owner-operated endeavor with the focus of making craft cocktails approachable for everyone who walks through their doors. They've thought of it all, from a playlist designed to engage the senses to perfectly crafted ice cubes. With a motto like, always delicious, never pretentious, you know they've got something delicious brewing. Let's dive in. We like to start off every episode asking who you are, what the story behind your project is. My name is Larry Suggs. I'm born and raised in Charlotte, been a bartender for... 13 years or more, now partnered with Andy on this project of Humbug, which is bringing the two worlds that we love, like the neighborhood bar combined with craft cocktails. So, yeah. And I'm Andy Schools, and I'm not from Charlotte originally. Navy brat, lived all over the place, grew up primarily in New Orleans. Lived here for three years, left for four, and came back about a year ago. And me and Larry have been friends for I'll say five, six years now, we decided it's time to open our own bar together. So we went down the road really quickly with it. Yep. I know y'all started as a pop-up. Was the end goal always to have like a permanent space or was it just something that kind of happened? So when we started with the idea of our own bar, we were already looking at spaces Mm -hmm. when we were approached to do a pop-up. So we thought it was a good opportunity to launch the brand early while we were finding our permanent home. So the whole time we did the pop-up, we're looking at properties and yeah. negotiating leases and it's always moving to this. So your mission statement is always delicious, never pretentious. Yeah. What's your philosophy behind that? We're just taking things that you may have like seen before, known before and putting them together beautifully. And like the always delicious, never pretentious is taking out the stuffiness of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Like depending on where you are, who you are, you might have might have a bad rap for cocktails being snooty or um but we're just like come as you are whether you're in like flip-flops and a t-shirt or dressed up for a night on the town we want to be like the perfect place for that we're going to have everything from a three dollar miller high life on draft to our like really nice craft cocktails so what are some of your favorite cocktails that you guys have been creating can you just walk me through some of those ones that you're actually thinking are going to be the stars of the show here yeah, I love the Thundercat as one that we've become known for. It's uh, like a tequila sour pretty much, but we're using an aged tequila with a Thai tea. So it was kind of inspired by like the bubble teas and stuff that are trendy, but like thinking about it differently. And you got like an earthy, herbaceous aged tequila combined with a like vanilla notes that you get in Thai tea and some bitterness to it. And then we add an egg white to create something like a velvety frothiness. It's a perfect balance between sweet, sour. It's just a beautiful cocktail. It's hard to explain. You got to come in and drink one because it's a big hit. And for you, what about, what do you think is going to be the big star? We're taking some of our greatest hits from our pop-up on our opening menu here. Mm -hmm. One that we even have a t-shirt named after is called the Devil's Three-Way. 
and it's based on our love of equal parts cocktails, so like a Negroni build style, but not taste-wise, and that's like Mezcal, Ancho Reyes, Bernamaro, just a nice served up boozy cocktail. So I know a lot of craft cocktail places like to experiment with syrups. Is that, are you guys going to be doing that here, making your own simples with different things infused? So we make everything in here from scratch. We juice daily, any syrup, any product that we use, we're doing it in-house. Are you trying to patronize local farms or local flavors that you find? Yeah, we like to go local when it makes sense. While we're using like culinary techniques and some farm to table ingredients, we're definitely not like, again, always delicious, never pretentious, so if it tastes good. Yeah. And we're using quality ingredients, you know, we're making everything in-house so we have our own unique flavor that you can't get anywhere else. And this is gonna, this is the first place we've had because at the pop-up we were pretty limited with our yeah. space and our resources. Now we've got like this, what I call like our playground where we have a nice prep kitchen, a huge bar. So we're gonna take some of our greatest hits and uh, even adding more on top of that, some new stuff that people haven't yeah. seen before. Too, well, I'm so, sure not having you know. to like know that you're going to have to move things from space to space yeah. is a big change too. Like you can have whatever you want yeah. here. You have storage. You're not necessarily having to move it in a month. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, we went so from weird. about 500 square feet to 1,900 square feet. Yeah. Just a lot more to a lot more to work with. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What are the challenges that y'all faced with creating a space that's individualistic in such a booming city? I think the challenges are the cost of everything right now. It's <laughs> yeah. just like how much it costs to even open anything. Yeah. Like a bar, electrical, plumbing, every, all that stuff's so expensive. So just getting the funds you need to do it is probably the biggest challenge. And then being able to do it in a timely fashion so you can get open and start making that money back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Pretty much uh, every turn of the way, there's been a challenge along. Oh, yeah. I think it's about taking it day by day and hitting it head on. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. we've been here every day, like, trying to push the push it forward, even though the, even with the contractors here and everything. And, oh, yeah. yeah, just taking it day by day. It looks great now. I'm not yeah, sure what it, it looks like when, we first, when you first walked into the space, but you can definitely tell you put it in It was support. a blank shell of a brick wall, a concrete floor. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Nothing in here. I that love was, that you've kept the ceiling exposed. Yeah, we wanted to save parts of the building that, like, the exposed brick. We didn't do anything to that brick except clean it and then leave the ceilings and then add the walls where it made sense. Yeah. On the outside, this all looks very new and shiny, but inside it looks like it's been around forever. Is this an older building that they've just fixed up? It or? was an old building that was rehabbed. The whole thing was gutted and redone. Do you know the story of what it was prior to y'all moving in? So this area has changed a lot, even in the past like three years. Yeah. This is a adaptive reuse space that had probably like three or four businesses. I'd say it was like a strip mall. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of the businesses like probably weren't actually like registered or like, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So yeah. this whole neighborhood's really changed. Like Villa Heights in general has over 800 residences. And yeah. Over the course of the last few years, as everything, it's really yeah. gone up. And yeah. we're, we think we're going to fit timing-wise perfectly, like, with the neighborhood. So Let the neighborhood get bigger and growing. Yeah, yeah. You said you were born and raised in Charlotte. Yeah. What brought you to this area? 
We love to play in this area. I've spent most of my time going out in Plaza Midwood and Noda. Those places aren't only pricey, but they're like, they've already got their own culture. And yeah. I think Andy and I are like, love the fact that we're gonna be a part of this like new and newer upcoming community and create our own like culture and stuff here. We've got a great bar down the street called Hattie's that's been open for a few years. They're more of like a neighborhood dive nice. and great hangout spot. Like we love going there. But then Maddie's is a diner down the Maddie's street. It's Maddie's. like, yeah, I know, right? It's funny <laughs> how that happened. But uh, like we've got a great community going on here and I can see already like people moving from Plaza Midwood and Noda coming down this way and laying down their shop, so. Yeah. I came from Nashville before I moved yeah. to Greensboro and I was in East Nashville, not like before it was cool, but it was still working to be cool. And that was always a fun thing for me is saying, oh, I was here when it was when grungy and yeah. dirty. That's yeah. the cool part of it is seeing like, yeah, it's still got some rough spots, but that's what makes it interesting. I'd say the one thing about Charlotte is it's more neighborhood driven. Mm -hmm. Like we have uptown, but most people hang out in the neighborhoods. Yeah. Plaza Midward, Noda. This is called Villa Heights right between the two. And a lot of like restaurants, bars, that's where they go and that's where they pop up. Do y'all have any plans to influence the community and help build the community as business owners here? Oh yeah, once we get open and we already have been doing that. I think this is gonna be a great space for like people to meet at, neighborhood yeah, meetings. Yeah. We've already been getting into the Villa Heights neighborhood community meetings and stuff like that. And we'll definitely, now that this is, now that we have a home, become like entrenched in our community. I've already been thinking about, oh, we should set up like a neighborhood, like cleanup or something like that. Fun ways to engage the neighborhood and stuff yeah. like that. It's gonna be fun to do it out of this space. Yeah. That's a big theme that we've heard a lot of. And most of what we've done so far has been based on craft beer and craft breweries, but that's been a big overarching theme with people in the industry is it's community first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a business. Yeah, we want to make money for ourselves, but that's not the main focus. So it's cool to see you're in a up and coming neighborhood. There's a lot to be done still. Yeah. It's cool to see people taking an interest and in making that happen. Yeah. We didn't get into this for to make money for yeah. sure because we haven't made like we've spent a lot so far but uh, i think we're putting our passions first and that's not only the cocktails but the hospitality side of yeah. things like um this is pretty much andy and i's home that we're inviting people in starting in a couple weeks so yeah we're just excited and one thing i want to add about our brand that i think is different is we're owner operated which means whenever somebody comes in here Larry or I will always be behind the bar making drinks. So it's yeah. not like we're hiring a, a staff and we'll, we'll never be in here. So our base gets to interact with us every time they come in. Oh, yeah. I think that's what helped us get such a quick following at the pop-up that we did. We had zero employees for the six-month pop-up. We worked every shift for that six months. And so one of you is a musician or both of you? Did I read uh, I used, that somewhere? Yeah, I used to play electric guitar in a lot of different bands. I owned a record store in Virginia. And I've always been uh, involved in stuff. One of our investors owns a record label out of Cleveland, Ohio. So still kind of have music ties here. So it's yeah. kind of cool. Do you bring any of that into the business and like how the community you want to make is the same it thing? It comes through more in the playlist and the vibe and energy we set through the music we've curated for our playlist. Oh, okay. Yeah. What goes into you choosing a playlist for the space? Like how do you decide this is the vibe I'm going for? These are the artists I want to either support or just have as part of my story. 
when we started and we did the space for the pop-up, I was going through lots of different types of bands and music and genres. And then I was at a friend's house and I heard a song and I was like, that's the sound. And I just knew. <laughs> so then I, once I had a sound that I liked for us, I just started curating the playlist around that a whole lot. What was that song? It was, uh, what's the name of it? The Budos Band. Budos Band. Lots of bands with like horns and high energy and chill vibes. And I used to do music for bars, restaurants, and casinos and stuff. So mm -hmm. I understand that. Are you going to be doing like multiple different playlists for like different nights of the week? Are you breaking up the night into different playlists? No, we have one playlist that's ever growing. It's like 42 hours right now. Dope. That we just have on random. And we'll awesome. just keep adding to it as we find stuff we like. If there was a genre of music that you would say would encompass the vibe you're going for. Yeah, and I be? can't think of what that genre is called. Uh, there is a name for it, but I, off the top of my head, I don't know what it is. Funk, kind yeah, of I would say it's more like, like funk. brass, like mix of jazz and funk. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of jazz so and fusion. vibes, funk vibes, yeah. yeah. St. Paul like, and the Broken Bones plays a lot. Who else? Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff in there. Definitely like more, I'd say, instrumental. There's also a lot of lo-fi hip-hop in the mix, too, yeah. that goes well with it. Old-school hip-hop. Yeah, we get a lot of, of compliments on that. And on music, I, yeah. So there's like, you know, you want to enhance all the senses with yeah. when people come in here. So we've got like the smells coming from the cocktails and squeezing fresh juices and like in all of our syrups in-house. And then we've got like the textures of all the tables. And the music's like the key that a lot of people like forget about oh, you know you go sure. into a place and the lights yeah. are bright and the music's turned down yeah. that just throws you off i want to like we want people to get lost in here for the hour and a half or two two and a half hours are here with us and yeah. forget about everything oh yeah i feel worries. like that makes a huge difference in a space too having everything makes sense yeah. you are losing yeah. yourself in the experience and yeah. there's so many places where you go and it's, it might be a cool bar but this playlist is whack this is a weird vibe in here yeah yeah it's something that a lot of people forget obviously y'all are very design oriented but that's a huge part of it too yeah. i was in an italian restaurant and i think they were playing like incubus or something and <laughs> yeah i was like this does not this not fit come together yeah. at and all brandon boyd um, and Bowen we try to think about that thing that's the, also the great thing about me and andy being here all the yeah. time is like we're gonna know if a light is out or needs to be turned down or something isn't right whereas yeah. most people are so like disassociated with their concept that they don't even know sometimes. Yeah, and, just put on Spotify, you know, whatever, yeah. FM, radio. And speaking of music, like a lot of newer places go Sonos, all mm -hmm. wireless, rely a lot on Bluetooth. And we've been to new places like opening night, second night, and they have no music. Bluetooth goes out, kills the whole mood. So like us, we spent all day yesterday like hardwiring all of our speakers in, in the house. Nice. So, we wanted to make sure like we, the mood doesn't ever get squashed. Like we can yeah. always keep the music going. We put a lot of thought into the acoustics, the design. Like we just did it all ourselves. Every color, every choice Larry yeah. and I made. And Larry's wife, she helped. Are there any plans to have like maybe live music like jazz or something that would fit that same vibe, but like still bring in more people to the community that might want to have a place to Maybe when we do stuff out on the out, yeah. outer side stuff we want to do, utilize our big uh, parking lot. We've probably got the best parking situation yeah. in the whole city. But uh, yeah, maybe there, we want to keep this like 
pretty intimate. Yeah. Back there is like the fun hangout room, like where we can you can stand up and hang with your friends and shoot pool and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then this is such a small space too. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Like, who knows? Once we open, we might. Yeah, we got a buddy that's a pretty great vocalist and songwriter. That uh, we young, did an event with him. Young Mister, it went really great. Yeah. yeah. So I saw on your Instagram or the Humbug Instagram that your bartender Jenna, she just competed. Can you talk a little bit about the competition cocktail world and what that looks like from the inside and any plans that y'all might have as a team for the future? So I think as far as that goes, she placed higher than anybody in Charlotte, I think, uh-huh. has ever gotten in that competition. Yeah, yeah, by far. Top I five. Think, yeah. We just want to encourage our staff if they want to go out there and do events. It's more educational. Yeah. You meet people from everywhere, seeing what new trends are, discovering new brands to go out and do it. I don't personally have any desire anymore to do that stuff. I just want to be focused on here, but definitely people want to go. I want to go to more like Tales of the Cocktail mm-hmm. event-driven things versus competitions personally, but yeah, we want to encourage people to like pursue any path they want. Yeah, and we can be like supporting them through our venue, you know, mm-hmm. like they're going to probably, I can see Jenna already with her wheels turning when she was walking through our space the other day, but uh, if she wants to make a cocktail that she's testing out for her guests across the bar. I think that's something we're going to support for. And eventually that's going to turn into her either having a cocktail on our menu one day or moving on and running the cocktail world one day. That's what I think this is going to be really fun to see how people grow. I don't think we want to keep people here all the time, like for forever, unless they want to. But uh, we'll probably be developing through this space some of the brightest bartenders of our future. So I'm excited about that too. Yeah, that's really cool to see someone that's opening up a place not just to, again, make money or not just to have a spot that you can call your own, but to bring in people and then like just nurture them and push them along into their next phase of whatever that is. Yeah, I want these guys to be the best, better than me. Like yeah. for by like the first three months, I think they should be running circles around us old guys. Yeah. Yeah. We did all our work in the pop-up, so we're happy to have help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it now. Yeah. We did so every December. We'll continue this. We do a Krampus theme pop up. So we did a whole <laughs> month of Krampus, and so when we hit it this year, we know it's going to be crazy. So all hands on deck. As far as any like cocktail trends, prohibition was a big thing. Everybody was into that. What do you see as like the up and coming trend? And do y'all follow trends, or would you rather figure out stuff on your own? I think for both of us, when we make a menu, we just want it to be balanced. So you'll mm-hmm. see some things that are trendy right now, but that just comes from finding the balance. Like you'll see a tiki-inspired cocktail. You'll see some Prohibition-style cocktails. The big trend, I think, has been for a while is the espresso martini. That's the craze. So we'll probably have a version of that, too. Yeah. But things just come in cycles. Like mm-hmm. stuff comes out of, in fashion, out of fashion, and back around again. I don't pay attention to trends, honestly, as much as I do, like, locally, what are people drinking? Because a trend in a magazine may be something that may be disconnected completely from people, what people in Charlotte want to drink. I would like to start seeing more people drinking things in, like, smaller glasses, because I think those cocktails taste the best. So I, I think that's one thing that we've pushed the culture of, not being scared to like order a drink in a dainty glass. You know, we're like normalizing that. So hopefully we create that trend and people, I think people are becoming more accustomed to 
drinking out of like stemware or yeah, a juke class. Yeah. Another thing we do here that I think is pretty cool is we focus on shooters. So we have a whole shooters menu section, which is just many composed cocktail versions of yeah. your classic dive bar shots. They're almost like sample cocktails, yeah. but we encourage to drink them quickly. You know, because that's you have more fun hey, that way. Turn and burn. Yeah. Get them in. Order another one. Absolutely. I used to cut ice for bars in Nashville, so I would like make their rocks and then long ones for their like highball. Yeah. What's your ice setup going to be like? So we have currently three different types of ice. We'll be utilizing that yummy like soft pebble ice. Then we have a Hoshizaki Cuber, which creates like 1.25 inch cubes. And then we use a in-house clear ice system called Ghost Ice. Highly recommend them. You can use them at home, but makes perfect crystal clear cubes. And we don't have to like buy them or buy expensive equipment. I actually started an ice company here in Charlotte. I've mm -hmm. cut, I would say hundreds of thousands, if not in the million, nah, not in the millions, but definitely hundreds of thousands of cubes. But uh, that takes so much time and effort that we can put that energy in like taking care of our guests or something. Mm -hmm. So when we found the ghost ice system, I think we, we realized at the small pop-up, we saved over like $300 a month. So they paid for themselves within yeah. the first About two week, weeks yeah. of being open. I've actually heard of those before. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. just the labor costs alone is yeah. huge. Idlewild, not to talk about another bar in town, but Idlewild is Which maybe about a mile. And <laughs> yeah, we love that place. And they cut all their ice in-house. And they have the 300-pound block maker in the back. And actually, a good friend of ours also named Andy, he cuts all that are ice for them and he's like oh y'all are lucky but ice talk about ice that's the one of the most important ingredients in a cocktail and a, a lot of people overlook it because mm -hmm. by the time you shake it and then you pour it over and that dilution starts to happen it's you're talking about 33 percent of your drink in some cases yeah. you know so also another thing all of our ice machines have filters on them i was gonna say so the water it's qualities. gonna be like high quality H2O that we're freezing. Not get any kind of weird taste. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the big thing in the craft beer world, too, is like getting the correct water chemistry and adjusting yeah. things to where it, you don't get those weird off flavors, that chlorine y taste yeah. that you can find. Yeah. And that's why, like, when I was making cocktails at home during the shutdown, I was like, why don't my cocktails, I'm a bartender, <laughs> can't get my cocktails to taste the same as they did at the bar. Oh, yeah. I quickly realized how important ice really was. I always do it, but like you don't really know it until you start shaking on those cubes that's been sitting in your fridge for three oh, weeks. Yeah. And I was yeah. in beer for a while too, and I'd like ruined my palate. So now I can taste any like off flavor. I ruined it in a way that now I can taste everything. And even if there's, I'm like, oh, this is not good ice that they use or something, you know what yeah, I mean? Or yeah. like that lime juice is not, I can tell that stuff now. So I say it like ruined me, but it's probably why I'm like so attentive, like with stuff behind yeah. the bar. So, but that's a good skill to have. I feel like people work really hard to be able to discern those tastes and those off flavors. We just started this podcast earlier this year, and we've heard tons about off flavors and acetaldehydes, and but you don't know until you know, and then once you start to know, you start to kind of notice things. Yeah. But having 
been trained in that to just be able to be like, oh yeah, that's that's off. Yeah. That lime juice may be old. Yeah. That's a really cool skill to have. Oh yeah. Your palate is your best weapon in this industry, probably. Yeah. What drives your inspiration behind coming up with different cocktail recipes? I know for me, it's just drinking what I like, mm-hmm. like oh, or a flavor I just want to explore. One berry that I came across that machete was uh, sea buckthorn, and I tried it, and I was like, this is like a delicious tropical cranberry. And then yeah. I just started making all kinds of cocktails with it and just went down that road and ended up discovering that it makes an amazing vodka sour because you get the buckthorn versus yeah. gin or another flavor. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I either I go two ways. I either get inspired by like an ingredient or the spirit, or sometimes even like a name. Yeah, I'll be watching TV and I'm like, that's funny. Let's make a name or let's make a cocktail around that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think too, like we're able to bounce things off of each other. My wife's mm-hmm. also a bartender, so we're just constantly finding inspiration in other ways. Also, like sometimes it's a cool challenge. I'll go down like the aisle at like the Asian market and see something I've never had before and then come back and try to make a cocktail with it. That's always really fun and inspiring. And what was your transition like from the beer world into cocktails? So I was traveling a lot, going to like Portland, Denver, Boston for all like the beer fests. And Mm -hmm. all these cities had like great cocktail culture. And the brewery I was working for had already, we started doing almost like cocktail inspired beers before they were cool. Honestly, when people honestly looked down on you for adding stuff into your beer, we were doing it because we thought it was fun and set us apart. So I was already like coming up with fun ideas for beer. But the thing is you had to wait like 21 days or whatever, 14 days for a beer. And I was like, this is really cool that you can just come up with a cocktail earlier that day and then be drinking it later on. Yeah. So it started out as my now wife, my girlfriend at the time bought me a bar while I was still working for a brewery. And then I realized I loved cocktails, quit that job and took like one of the only bartending, like craft bartending jobs in town. And at that time there wasn't, you count on like my two hands, how many craft bartenders there were probably in town at that point. I feel like the craft bartending scene too, over the past like five, 10 years has really evolved and changed and there's a much bigger highlight on innovation and trying new flavors and even in the beer world trying new things and putting something in a hefeweizen in this it might seem weird but it works out it's cool to see that changing and people more interested in going beyond what they might think is like their thing yeah yeah it's, it used to be that like i feel like now beer is taking a lot from the cocktail culture. Yeah. Like at least Charlotte was very focused on like the beer culture. Mm-hmm. Now the local breweries are like hitting up mixologists. Hey, come develop a beer for us. Cause like we want to learn how y'all's brain works. It's a really cool collab. I've done a couple collabs. I think we're going to do a collab in the future with a fun local brewery or something like that. Nice. So yeah. it's, we love like blending those things together. Well, and that's a cool yeah. thing that we've seen too. And the whole Bev industry, collaborations, especially the past couple of years, have been so open. We just did our third beer last, or no, this past week. And it's just cool to have people be like, yeah, whatever, come on in. You have nothing to do with our company, but let's 
trying to do something new together. Yeah. I think that's really cool, especially cocktails and beers merging. Yeah. Have you guys ever yeah, made yeah. any cocktails with a beer? Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. We're known for putting Miller High Life in a lot of cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we have one of our favorite cocktails. It's called Let It Rip. It was inspired by the, uh, that showed the bear. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So it was like something, uh, what would a chef want to drink after a long day? It's like tequila, something spicy because of their attitude, right? And a cold high life. We put all that together, kind of made a spicy Paloma yeah, with it and then topped it with fruit cordial for it. Yeah. And then Ooh, yeah. Topped it with high life. Topped it with oh. high life. And everybody will see it and they're like, did you just put high life in that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they drink and they're like, that hits. So oh, yeah. that's good. I can get behind that. I like a little spice. Beer cocktails are cool because you can use, instead of watering it down, mm-hmm. you're adding something with body and substance to the drink that's going to like maybe carry a little bit or add something yeah. to the drink instead of water it down. Now, some drinks you want to stretch them out, yeah. but some you want to keep that like full bodiness. So I think, the, I wouldn't say it's a trend, but the thing we're most excited about is we're going to do a lot of forced carbonated cocktails oh, where we yeah. can carbonate to order. Is that what that uh, that little guy over there is? The um, Actually, no, we'll have a line that comes through the wall here. Oh, really? Yeah. It's attached to a host and we'll do it that it's way. It's the commercial version, version of that. It's yes. more like a, a smaller stream. bar. Yeah. yeah. Soda stream. So, so, <laughs> basically Pretty what it much, is. Pretty much, yeah. 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 If you were to just like, I want a vodka soda with a lime, we'd actually just take water and vodka, carbonate it all. So it's more bubbles and give that. Yeah. Yeah. Get those tight bubbles on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know a lot of craft cocktail places, as they grow and get bigger and like they batch cocktails, is there any any plans for that in the future? Or is that? I think it depends on what you're doing, honestly. Like some of our cocktails, we want them at freezer temp. So those you would make and have ready to go. But we're not making like huge batches or doing anything on draft or anything like that. Yeah. I don't, I've never personally had one. That was that I've liked. Yeah, <laughs> That's you're fair. not the only one I've heard that from. Uh, I've done correctly, but yeah, you're right. They're not usually, and we're like, we're already. They're paying good money for a cocktail that should be handcrafted. We do a lot. This is what we do. It's, I wouldn't necessarily call it batching, but we are spending a lot of prep time before our shifts, like getting in here really early and putting some components together that may shave off a few seconds here and a few seconds there. Mm -hmm. That just enables us to make these craft cocktails in a timely manner and not make you wait like 25, 45 minutes for them like you do some places. I can stand there and make you a great cocktail in probably under 30 seconds with the type of system that we have been doing. And a place like this, we're gonna make probably 400 cocktails in a night. So we need to make them as efficient as possible and not keep people waiting too, because it's all right to ease into your experience with us, but if you're waiting 25, 30 minutes. First bar, the craft cocktail bar that I worked at, it was one of the first places in town, so we didn't have a lot of examples of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like literally like chopping fresh ginger for Moscow mules (laughs) to order (laughs) and doing all (laughs) this stuff. And I'm no, no lie, on every Friday and Saturday night, we had an hour ticket times at the peak time of night and that just alienated a bunch oh, yeah. and that shocked me so much I was like I'll never do that again and now I just work as hard as I can to make it yeah quick. I know that's a big roadblock too with people who aren't necessarily familiar with craft cocktails it's like 
why am I going to wait 20 minutes for something that may be delicious when I can two minutes, maybe I'll get like a vodka cranberry and I'm on my way. Yeah. Honestly, it's just smart. Like, why would you not try to speed things up a bit? So you can take a cocktail at seven touches and turn it into two or three. Mm -hmm. It's the same drink. It's just a matter of being more efficient with it. Well, we like to end every episode by asking what your advice would be for people trying to get into the industry or start a project like you guys have done. Don't do it. That's what we, that's what we keep yeah. hearing. Yeah. Run. Quit no. while you're ahead. Don't compromise your vision. Like, stick to what you want it to be. Don't let people talk you out of design things and things that you want to see in your bar because it's not their bar at the end of the day. You have to look at it. What you don't know how to do, hire professionals to do for you. Don't try to take things on that aren't in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I think having a partner that complements your skills very well. I'm definitely more of like hands-on, like behind the bar where Andy is as well, but he's also very talented in like financial stuff and mm. making sure we're hitting our targets and things like that. So we complement each other really Paper well. Work. Whereas we both were wanting to do the same thing every day, that wouldn't necessarily be like a good partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And one like person can't do everything. Yeah. You tend to like to do That's the opposite true. of what the other one likes. That does work out well. Yeah. You know, yeah, I want to yeah. build these shelves and it's like, great, I'm going to go here and work on these speakers. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just works out well. We're excited for y'all to open. I'm sure Charlotte and the neighborhood is excited too. And Oh, yeah. Our Instagram is humbug at humbugclt. So if y'all are listening to this, go to our Instagram, give us a follow and see if we're open and then come by for a drink. Thanks, Andy and Larry, for letting us share your story and congrats on the new space. I know I'm looking forward to having one of those spicy Palomas the next time we're in Charlotte. You had me at High Life. Be sure to follow their journey on Instagram at HumbugCLT to keep up with all the concoctions they're crafting for their community. And remember, never compromise your vision. If you enjoyed this episode, drop us a line and let us know. Until next time, cheers.